Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to find and follow your purpose. I'm your host, Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the Network for Transformational Leaders, also the creator of Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. Every week, I interview some of the world's leading thought leaders who not only share their life stories, but practical tips and advice on how you can become the highest version of yourself and build a life in alignment with your soul. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and open your free account so you can see behind the scenes videos of our interviews and get your free Pearls of Wisdom ebook. Join our community of changemakers, making a difference on the planet. Making a di- making a di- And welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that encourage you to create yours. And today I have with me the beautiful Ashley Cooper. Hello, Ashley. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. All the way from Toronto? Yes, I'm in Toronto. All the way from Toronto. So for those of you that don't know, Ashley is an inspirational speaker and empowerment coach. She is on a mission to get people to unlock their full potential. Uh, she also is the founder of ABC Charity, and she's going to be telling us all about that this morning. So, Ashley, welcome. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. And I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about what it is that you do in the world. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so at the moment, I'm working predominantly with female entrepreneurs uh, and women to really just help them find the courage that they need to change the world, basically, to have a greater impact to step into their passion, to step into their mission and really, really get out of their own way, you know? So all of these beliefs, false beliefs that maybe they have that they're unworthy or they're not good enough, but to really lean into their purpose and trust who they really are so that they can actually expand and grow in the way that they were meant to do. Mm. So you're traveling around the world, you're leading workshops, speaking. Yes. Yeah. So I travel around the world. I've been hosting different retreats. I work predominantly with women, even online. I host group training programs and develop more of a sisterhood. So I bring women together with the intention of being collaborative rather in a state of competition. So Mm -hmm. seeing how us women can actually work together to lift each other up rather than tear each other down. How can we actually open ourselves up into vulnerability and, you know, really be in this state of coming together rather than rather than not right because the world right now is really demanding of us to step up into our into ourselves and really come together rather than to work against each other so i'm really really passionate about helping women really come together and work together in collaboration to really you know we all have fear when you're when we're trying to expand ourselves into the world and when we're really trying to step into our mission there's so much fear that comes up Mm. and what happens so often is that we wait for there to be a time where the fear isn't present, not understanding that it's actually when we're about to step into the, our greatness, when we're about to do something really, really important, it's actually when fear is the most present, right? It's the most, when we're stretching our comfort zone or we're doing something really, really great or different in our life, that's when fear is actually the most present. So I help people work with that rather than against it and actually lean into it so that they can have a greater impact. 
I we got huge goosebumps like all because I be totally honest, that's exactly what I'm going through now. Actually, is totally what I'm going through with this because it's like bringing up so much fear and so much stuff in me. But like you said, it's like you know, lean. Got to try and lead into the fear. Yeah. Well, the thing is, here's the thing: is that there's such a misconception that you know the leaders of the world or the people that we look up to are any different than we are, right? Mm. And the only difference between ourselves and anyone that you might look up to, whether it be you know Oprah Winfrey or Tony Robbins or any person that you actually look, Ellen DeGeneres, anyone that you look up to who has a certain level of success. We look at them and we think, oh, they're an overnight success or, oh, they're lucky or, or, you know, we see them and perceive them as being different than us. Mm. But really, when you look into it, you look in the background of their story. And when you actually look at their own evolution, you see that the most successful people have actually failed more times than anyone else. Mm. And they actually know how to lean into fear and not let it stop them. And they actually know how to use uh, that kind of those experiences that would normally make someone else stop and not let it stop them, but actually use it as a force to push them forward rather than hold them back. Mm -hmm. uh, so really the difference between ourselves and anyone that we put on a pedestal really is that our, you know, their belief that it was possible, right? And their ability to actually not let fear stop them, but actually use it as a force to move them forward. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is by Joseph Campbell, who, you know, had written about the hero's journey and if anyone doesn't know what that is it's phenomenal like, I mean that could be like a whole other talk in and of itself um, but one of my favorite quotes by him is when he says that you know the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek mm. so what cave are you fearing to enter and just on the other side of that is the greatest expansion and growth and treasure that you could ever possibly imagine. And that's so what we wanted to show with Kitty Talks, actually, because by interviewing, interviewing people like yourself, you know, we show we're all just human. We're all just normal. Like you said, we're just like choosing to step into our greatness and choosing actually to go into the fear and, you know, try and combat all the self-sabotage that we all have. Right. Yeah. And that was, you know, has been my mission since I really first started this as well and, and really stepped into the role of, you know, I don't even know if I like saying leader because I feel like I'm leading from the trenches. I'm always, I'm learning from my students just as much mm -hmm. as they're learning from me. I'm a student first, a teacher second. So I don't really know who's helping who half the time. But when I first started, you know, really embodying this journey, I came out and was talking more about pain and fear than anyone else. And it wasn't the most popular thing at the time because so many people were like, well, no one wants to talk about pain. And I'm like, that's exactly why we should, because mm -hmm. we all have it. We're all afraid. We all have belief systems that need to be getting worked through and, and pretending it's not there is actually what's holding people back from actually achieving their greatness. Mm, absolutely. And I totally agree with you. I think it's like my, we, we shared, we had a quick chat before we came on and, you know, my own personal journey and story is I completely ignored any emotional problem like, as in if I was upset didn't happen didn't happen you know just completely ignored it until the point where I just completely internally combusted because <laughs> you can't do that like you said you've got to lean into what's happening the pain and the emotion um, and then it's a way of clearing it yeah and the funny thing is it's like 
you know, I'm always talking about affirmations and I use affirmations all the time. They're incredible tools. They're really, really amazing. But what I see a lot of people doing is using affirmations as like a band-aid, right? So they're using an affirmation to actually put a band-aid on a circumstance that they don't want to look at. So for me, it's like if you're saying an affirmation, but you don't want to acknowledge what's underneath it, it's like building a mansion on a garbage dump, right? It's like, it's going to look beautiful at first, but then, you know, the garbage is going to rise and all of a sudden it's going to stink, right? Your mansion is going to stink. And then you find people like rocking themselves back and forth in the corner, wondering what is wrong with them. Cause they're like, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing all my affirmations. I'm doing this and that, but they're not actually going to the level of feeling what they need to feel to heal what they need to heal. And that's where the true transformation and magic happens, right? Because that's when your affirmations get true power, when you've actually acknowledged what it is that you want to cover up and you're leaning into it rather than resisting it. Mm, beautiful. And I know that you talk a lot about self-sabotage as well, like as in how to combat it. Yeah. Yeah. So what I really discovered from not just my own journey, but working with so many men and women and particularly women now is that at the core of everything is this sense of unworthiness that we have, right? So there's literally no problem I've, I've found, whether it be within myself, within another human being, globally even, that isn't directly related to unworthiness. And, you know, I always say, for example, I work with predominantly with entrepreneurs. So, you know, your business can never grow bigger than your belief systems and your wealth. And I'm not just talking about financial wealth, but like wealth of abundance, wealth of joy, wealth of anything, wealth and relationships can never grow bigger than your work. So if you don't believe that you're worthy of receiving that which you desire, you will find a way to sabotage it subconsciously. It's not even your fault. It's just you have pre-programmed belief systems in your subconscious mind that need to be dealt with actually to help you actually move forward. So one of my greatest passions is helping people actually embrace their inner worth so they, they can experience outer wealth, right? What is it that's actually stopping you internally from receiving that which you desire? Because what you'll find is that so many people are into this manifestation or whatever else. And I mean, I love manifestation. I'm manifesting like a maniac all the time. And I'm very I'm always talking about it. But one of the things that's really hindering people in doing that is that, you know, they spend so much time calling things forth, and then something in their belief systems believe that they, they don't deserve it. And I'm sure a lot of people even listening right now, you'll have an experience of like, you know, maybe you're trying to call in a great relationship, and then the perfect person comes and somehow some way you find a way to find a fault in the person or sabotage it or push it away or do something, you know, and people do that with money. That's why there's this huge statistic of within the first year of people winning the lottery, they'll lose mm. it. Mm, they don't know how to handle it. Pardon me? They don't know how to handle it. They don't have any wealth psychology of it. Exactly. And they believe maybe they're unworthy. So they're just, you know, they'll just spend, spend, spend. And then so, yeah, so it's really about, I'm all about the inner experience going out into the outer, right? Always dealing with things within and, and actually working on the things that have always been holding us back so we can really do what we were born to do. And I would love to understand, because obviously people listening, like you're doing amazing work in the world, um, but I'd love to understand a bit more about your transformational journey and story. And so could you tell us kind of, well, we mentioned, you mentioned that you had some quite pivotal things happen to you around eight yeah. Oh, I mean, my journey started when I was really young. So I, I started on this work, transformational work, I guess you could say younger than most. Um, my first experience with, you know, unworthiness happened when I was eight years old, when I first uh, tried to take my life, actually. So I was very, very bullied in school and it, it happened over a period of time. And a couple of people had mentioned that I, I shouldn't be alive. 
and it was better off if I wasn't here, you know? So I really took that to heart. And I remember I was, you know, ready, ready to take my life at eight years old. And I just had this moment of, you know, now as a 37 year old woman, I look back and I'm like, wow, what divine wisdom for, for an eight year old to have had. Mm -hmm. But I had this um, presence come to me. Now, it, it doesn't matter what, what term you choose to, to explain it. And was it angels? I don't know. Higher self, divine guidance. Was it my higher? Like, I don't know. But it was a presence. It was a, it was a presence beyond myself or within myself or greater than myself. Mm -hmm. And it basically said that if I could make it out alive, I could help other people. So I began that journey when I was eight of just. And do you remember that very clearly? Like, does that, because I don't remember anything from when I was eight, but do you have quite clear memories? That that memory I have very clearly. I mean, some of the things from the bullying and whatever else, I really, you know, my mind can't doesn't go there, whether it be because, you know, I was so young or because I've blocked it out, I'm not sure. But I remember that moment exceptionally clearly, uh, mm -hmm. particularly because I was kind of shaken into reality. I was shaken into total awareness, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's where my journey started. But everything is an evolution right so it's not like I had that moment of epiphany and all of a sudden I was enlightened yeah. it just meant that I had this awareness of my suffering that most people you know maybe even people my age now don't don't have that depth of understanding I just went really really into it um yeah and and studied it and basically tried to figure out whenever I was suffering from this depression or suicidal ideology all through high school I was really you know, studying it and trying to figure out how I got out of it and doing the work, right? So I was doing personal development work from super young. Wow. So I was writing philosophy from the time I was 10. I was reading books like, you know, Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer. And I was even studying energetic and chakra systems and everything like that. I was really trying to understand. Um, so yeah. And what was it you said that like through your kind of teenage years, you were suffering with depression or? Yes, depression and suicidal ideology. So do you know what it was that brought it on or like kind of the why what why was that happening for you uh because i had been so what i talk about a lot and what i wanted people to understand as well is that there's varying shades uh, of this in everyone's life i was an extreme case but we all have different levels of unworthiness or beliefs were not possible and so many of us have voices within our head and yet we don't sit and stop long enough to question whose voice it is right so if you have voices telling you you can't or you're not good enough or you're not ready enough or you're not worthy enough my question to you is then whose voice are you listening to is it your voice of your parent that said you couldn't a sibling a friend or someone from when you were younger right so for me i was always told these things but what ended up happening was that you know even when I had stopped being bullied, like with the worst part of the bullying was over by the time I was 13, where they had, you know, placed down the bat, I picked it up and kept beating myself with it. You uh -huh. know what I mean? So I just kept believing. I, I just had such a level of self-hatred. I didn't love myself at all. I felt totally unworthy. Um, and so I really struggled with it. But in the same instance, I wasn't like a, a totally depressive person. So many people will write me these days and be like, oh, my God, Ashley, but you were such a light in the school and you were always helping people. And in so many ways, I'm still the same person as I was then. Uh, but I had this this split within myself that was like, I'm here to help people. I can help people heal. I'm here to like really, really help elevate humanity and then another voice that was saying who do you think you are Wh who do you think you are do you really think you can do this can you really do this you know look at you how can you help anyone right it's so there was these two voices part of me it's a horrible voice we've all got it it's a horrible one. exactly right so that's what I'm saying it's like 
of course, I'm on the the you know far end of the spectrum where I went out where I really went through that. But so many people will say to me, "Well, I'm sorry you went through that." And my answer is, "Why well, be sorry? That was the most incredible gift in my entire life because it's really led me to where I am, and I and I wouldn't change it, you know, for the world." Um, but yeah, so so I mean, my pivotal moment—if you want to talk about like actual pivotal moments of breakthroughs and how I actually came to mm. this place now. Uh, was that when I was 25, I was in Montreal, I was studying fashion design. And I had had, I felt really, really great. I'd done all this personal development work. I was really, really like walking the talk and I just felt fantastic. And as life happens, sometimes you get tested, right? So you get tested, something happens. And all of a sudden, all of these things that you preach, you, you're getting like, you get challenged to put into practice, right? So unfortunately, I was the victim of a violent crime. And I was down on my knees once again, you know, saying, why me? Why this? Why now? Why do I have to go through this? I've done mm -hmm. everything feeling, you know, the victim voice, but like almost, you know, legitimately, I like, had a right to feel that way in a way, in many ways, you know, I could have justified that. And I really just felt like I've been through so much. And I know so many people go through this. You're like, why me? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do I see so many people going through this when I'm doing all the work and all I want to do is be like a good person and help people. And like, why am I having to go through this? You know? Um, but what I realized was that no matter how many books I had read, no many, no matter how many like yoga pretzels I'd twisted myself into, no matter how much meditation or all these different things I had done. Um, what, what I realized is that it was all intellectual, but I hadn't yet dropped into my heart and I didn't trust myself. And I didn't have faith in myself. And I still had that feeling of unworthiness. So I decided to follow my soul for two years and literally to, to have faith in myself, to learn how to have faith, to learn how to trust myself. Wow. So you said you followed your soul. Right? So you started to really tune in and listen to your intuition. and Yeah. So I literally decided I was going to travel for two years and just go on, you know, based on basically fate. So lean into everything so whenever I had fear I would have faith that was the journey so as soon as I decided that I was like I don't know where I'm gonna go I'd never flown before I I mean once I'd flown from from uh, my hometown from Toronto to Ottawa which is like you don't even leave the tarmac and you're already in Ottawa it's like a 30 minute flight so it's <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't I don't even consider it a flight I'm not even sure what happened mm -hmm. um, but yeah so I went I met a waitress who was afraid to fly she was going to Australia and that became my journey I was just like okay I'm gonna go with you and that was the entire journey for two years of just, you know, every time, you know, I was almost homeless and then I'd have faith and find a place to stay. And I just really learned how to trust myself wow. um, and lean into that trust. That's, that's a really good way to like, you know, hone the muscle, isn't it, of intuition. So, you know, by literally <laughs> traveling is a really good way of doing that because you just don't have any choice. You're totally thrown into a completely new environment where you just have to like sink or swim. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And for me, it was really... I needed to trust myself so much that I really needed to be drastic. I don't necessarily mean everyone needs to do it, but that was my own, my own personal journey at the time that really led me back to myself. I talk a lot about the journey from the head to the heart, right? Mm. Uh, we have it kind of so backwards. We try and we, we intellectualize things with our head and then we try and like, you know, use our heart to move it forward when really, you know, we should listen to our, the, the whisper of our soul and let our mind guide us to making that a reality. You know, we, we kind of do things backwards. I heard someone describe it as we should think with our hearts. Yeah. Basically, and fill with our heads, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So much better, much better way of doing it. Like Yeah. So you decided to start leaning into everything. So like follow your intuition, follow your path. 
And then at the end of the two years traveling, like what, what happened next? Well, I ended up doing a 21 day vow of silence in Thailand. Wow. And pardon me. Vipassana? Um, no, well, I did it by myself. So I'd, I'd heard other people doing Vipassana and I was just like, okay, I've traveled for a while. I'd been in Thailand for a little while at the time. And I was like, I haven't talked to anyone anyway. How hard can it be doing it by myself? Um, so I just, you know, stopped talking with the intention oh, of not for 21 days. And basically what happened was I became confronted with every voice that I'd ever tried to run from. So in those moments, I actually came to realize that, you know, I thought that I was running towards something, but really I was running away from myself. And no matter where I went in the world, even if I was on this beautiful journey of fear or faith, I was still there and the voices were still there and I was still trying to put a bandaid on them. So when I actually turned, you know, stopped speaking, those two voices that I was talking about earlier, the voice of, you know, fear, you could say, and the voice of love really became predominant in my mind. And on the seventh day, I thought I was going to go completely mad. I remember the last, my last thought that I had in my head was that my parents, like I finally lost my mind. And my parents are going to have to pick me up like in a time mental institution because I lost it. Like I totally had lost the plot. Um, and then somewhere when it was, it couldn't get any worse. It, it literally, the voices were so strong. I, I just had this moment and something clicked and it was just like this, like total silence, peace. Um, it's what I re realized actually two years later is what Eckhart Tolle calls the now. Literally no thought, total presence, total experience, total oneness. Everything was just so clear and more beautiful and more full than I ever could have imagined. And I don't, everyone's like, how long, how long were you like that? And I'm like, I don't know. I was in the now. I wasn't taking the time. <laughs> it might've been a week. It might time been, yeah. <laughs> you don't take the time when you're in the now. Um, but yeah. So when I, when it, once it came out of that, that's when I really realized the power of leaning in to your pain rather than resisting it. Because what I understood in that moment was that every moment of pain, every painful thought was there to serve me. It had a purpose. It had a value and it just wanted to be heard. And the more moment I allowed it to be to be heard in that silence, in that stillness, that's when it became my greatest, my greatest gift. It became my greatest power. Uh, and but just most of us don't sit with things long enough because we're so busy trying to avoid our feelings. We're so busy trying to avoid that fear or the pain or these things we label as bad. So what advice would you have for someone listening to this and they are going through a lot of pain in the sense of maybe they're self-sabotage, maybe they don't like themselves, they don't love themselves, but actually they don't quite know what to do next? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I actually, from, from this vow of silence, it took about four years, but I ended up developing a system around it that actually shows people how to transform the awareness of your pain into, I call it alchemy, right? So in the moment of actually transforming, using that pain for your power or your fear to your fierce courage, like I work with women on. So the most important thing to understand is that when we become aware of our pain or fear, what 95% of the population does is go into avoidance because we haven't been taught to deal with our pain. We haven't been taught, mm. right? We have billion dollar industries. And this isn't even just for people who are depressed or going through horrible times. This is like a society, an epidemic of, of, band-aid culture and making us feel bad about ourselves so people can make money billion dollar industries are being born out of people feeling bad about themselves here's how you can make yourself more beautiful here's how you can make yourself better you're not good enough the way you are right mm -hmm. 
so what, what we need to understand is that it's totally natural to have these feelings. And we all have these voices of the saboteur. We all have these negative voices in our mind. We all have these things that can come up. So the best thing to do is to not avoid it, right? To, to just accept it and understand that there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. And in fact, it's so much more common than you think, right? We're all human. If, if we all have these thoughts, what amazes me is that everyone expects themselves to be quote unquote fixed. So, so, you know, one day everything's going to be completely perfect. And yet you have monks that are meditating for like 40 years, you know, mm -hmm. to achieve enlightenment. Well, what are they meditating on is if meditation could just clear it because they're always having thoughts to watch. They're always having things rise. It's when we make stories of the thoughts we think that it becomes a problem, mm -hmm. right? So the third, so the first is awareness. The second is acceptance. And the third is accountability. So understanding that it's not necessarily, it's, it's not necessarily that the thoughts in your mind is, are, are wrong, Don't, not to make them wrong, but to understand that it's the stories about the thoughts you have that become the problem when you perpetuate that story. So to become accountable about the thoughts you think, the words you speak, right? Because what I think my biggest revelation was that through all of this awareness, through all of these things, I didn't understand the power of the, my mind to change my reality. I didn't understand the power of my thoughts and the spoken word to actually bring something into being. So I would actually offer those people to actually monitor their mind, right? Monitor their mind and see what, what are the words you're speaking about yourself? What are the thoughts you're thinking about yourself? What are the things that you're thinking about? For, even for you, Kitty, like you said, like this, you, this is what you're experiencing with, with mm. launching everything right now. And there's so mm. much going on. So, so to monitor your mind and see the thoughts that you're actually thinking about that, which you're trying to bring into being, and then take accountability over it. Um, one of my favorite terms is the term abracadabra and the actual meaning behind that it do you know the meaning behind that kitty Have no you oh, okay this is awesome I is this english as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so the term abracadabra because i'm all about creating magic in your life right so yes we can talk about pain we can focus we can for example i don't like focusing on pain right because i believe what we focus on expands yeah but what we resist persists yes, totally right so we want to be able to acknowledge it while not focusing on it, right? So it's actually to be able to like see the obstacle, but then automatically focus on the opportunity to bring in that opportunity. So the term abracadabra actually means as I speak, so I create. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So right. when we want to create magic in our life, we speak things into existence. That's literally what creating magic means. And I believe that each and every one of us is the magic we want to create. And when you start to understand that you are that magic from a place of total worthiness, the magic that happens in your life is insane. Like it just doesn't stop. Um, and yeah, so, so one other fun fact as well, I always talk about, you know how you, you people say when you're journaling or you're writing things down yeah. that, um, you know, that it's really powerful to write things down in a journal. And so do your gratitude in a journal. Yeah. Well, you know, the term spelling. So you're spelling things out. You're casting a spell on your life, right? So when you're gratitude journaling, when you're writing things about your life, when you're saying things, make sure you're casting the spell that you wish to cast on your life and then speak it into existence with the words you, you choose to, to use, right? So to create your reality with your words. Mm, absolutely. I can totally relate to that. I, you know, I totally manifest through speaking. Like I know I, like this was created through manifest just through talking, like it's just being spoken into existence. So yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I hadn't made the correlation between 
what we think then coming into ex existence in the sense of like about the self-sabotage you know because obviously it's one thing to say it but it's nothing that we're thinking it because the difference is obviously it's coming out of our mouths <laughs> but it's the same thing because it's in our energetic field isn't it oh big time and that's why that you know that's the power of coaches or accountability friends or people to help you monitor the words you're speaking get get your friends to catch you saying things that aren't in alignment with what you want to create and who you want to be because here's the thing the words are you know or one thing, but but they say that you have 60,000 thoughts a day, mm. 60,000 thoughts a day. And for most people, 60% of those are negative, right? Mm. So it's like what thoughts and, and, and not original. They're the same recycled thoughts from yesterday and the day before and the day before. Mm. So it's through the power of our awareness around the thoughts we're thinking. That's really important. And the key is to see what you're speaking into existence, because that's going to indicate to you what's actually going on in your subconscious mind as well. Mm, beautiful well you know something like uh, I used to do a lot of the morning pages so like, I don't know if you've come across that like when I was manifesting my partner I used to do that on a daily basis because I was always talking about the relationship I wanted and you know and that was powerful because actually you know you do that for a kind of uh well, I think I did it for a couple of months and I could feel my connection get so much clearer just because I got all the crap out of my head and out of the way and then actually I was you know I think believe I was downloading you know from spirit about what I wanted and and actually, it was funny because you were saying that because I found it. The reason I reminded you because I found it today. Like I was looking back, looking back at it. All. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So I suppose people can journal as well, is what you're saying. Yeah, journaling. And and the thing is, for me, there's two things that I always give to my women to do. So one is always monitor your mind and speak into existence. That's that which you you desire. And writing down every morning, even if it's a 10 minute gratitude journaling, speaking as though you have something, you already have what you want, right? Yes. So I'm so happy and grateful that I have X, Y, and Z. And for me, I go into um, different areas. So I'll um, talk about my health, uh, my, my business, my relationships, and then I'll talk about fun things that just come from within me that I might not have even expected. I'll just like stream of consciousness about things I'm grateful for that I didn't even, you know, I didn't pre-plan pre, pre or anything. It's just like, what does spirit speak to me right now? What do I want? What do I desire? Um, and see what comes out. And I would just say, and you know, so many of my clients are like, well, you know, Ashley, I don't, they have so many excuses, right? And I'm like, so you don't have 15 minutes out of your day to create mm. becomes that is your key, right? That is your key. Because if you're resisting it in any way, shape and or form, these are the belief systems. And that is the resistance that you're banging up against that is ho holding you back from getting what you want. So that's where the work is. Ask yourself, why am I making up this excuse? Where is it coming from? Why don't I have 15 minutes out of my day to do something for myself? What is it that I'm scared of? Because a lot of people might be scared of failure, but a lot of people also might be afraid of success, mm -hmm. right? So that's where it becomes, that's where the real work is. And then I, and I usually get my clients to write all of those things out, like the resistance that's coming up and the things that you're scared of and then burn their beliefs. I get them to actually burn it and do a ritual to release it and let it go. It's really, really powerful. Mm, oh, I love that idea. So if somebody's got some resistance or self-sabotage around something, so get it all out, write it all down, get it all out of your system, like surrender to it in a way, and then burn it. 
Yeah. And what a great way to do. So just through awareness, right? So I'll usually get, you know, when I'm working with someone, I'll be like, okay, let's rate your ability to believe in the beauty of your dreams from one to 10 right now. Right. And then we start talking about things and they start talking about their dreams or some people are like, I don't even know how to dream. And that's okay. Just start talking from where you are. Right. And then as these voices, because there's always the voices that will start coming up and you're in the middle of your biggest comfort zone, right? You're stretching your comfort zone. So you probably have tons of these coming up. And what I would say to you, for example, <laughs> like as they're coming up, write them down. I was just thinking, I've got like half a book that's empty. Yeah, exactly. Back. exactly. And they're there because they want to be heard and acknowledged. Yeah. And when, then, when you write them, because when the problem is, I don't want to say problem, actually, I hate that word, challenge. <laughs> the challenge. Growth area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The area to be worked on is, um, you know, when you're having these thoughts, we're aware of them, but what are we doing about them? And if we don't do something about them, it's like, you know, I often call myself a tow truck because I find people spin their wheels in one place and then I come tow them out, right? I come like help them out, right? But you need to be able to call, we call it TAA in Canada, but you know, you need to call the tow truck company and be like, hey, I need, I need help getting out. You can't just sit there spinning your wheels. You need to get assistance. You need to get accountability people. You need to be able to write these thoughts down and as soon as you write them down that ups the ante of your awareness so the next time you think about them you'll catch yourself quicker and what I want people to understand as well is that it's not a one-off deal it's like I, I might be burning the same belief a few times but then with each time it loses its grip on me I get more awareness and I'm able to clear that space in my mind for for the things that are actually serving me Mm. so you get women uh, people to do this like on a daily basis so every time like what what start end of the day or yeah, I mean, you don't, I mean, you don't have to burn it every day, but you could. It depends how big your resistance is and how big your desire to overcome it, right? So uh, even in, you know, in my Bali retreat, my, I did that with my women. We all did a, a ceremony together where we were really just uh, burning all of our beliefs together. And then I encouraged them to do it as a practice when they got home because you want to keep that momentum going. Mm. What, what, what happens is, is that we have 95% of our belief systems are subconscious, right? So it takes a while. Mm -hmm. So many people just want the quick, quick fix. And I'm like, you know what, I'm the, I'm the person that will take you where you've never gone to get what you've never forgotten. Right. I'm actually going to take you to those places you don't want to see, but I get the results that you'll never get otherwise. Right. Because you'll actually get to those places where you, that are really, really holding you back. That's the core. That's the crux. Mm -hmm. So yes, you need to do it. Repetition as Tony Robbins says, right. Repetition is the mother of all skill. So get, you need to break the momentum of your subconscious mind and bring it into the conscious. I call it unconscious power. When you're operating through unconscious belief systems that start to become more powerful than the, un, the previous unconscious painful ones. Mm -hmm. uh, and through re that repetition, that's when you start moving into. So yeah, how often do you want to do it? How great do you want your results to be? I do wow. this work all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, it's like, this work is continuous, isn't it? Like, it is like a muscle. It's like the gym. You don't go to the gym and it happens, you know, get a good body overnight. You've got to keep doing it. So, yes, I can yeah. see that. <laughs> and the more you expand, well, you know this, Kitty, like you're a successful mm -hmm. woman and now you're doing something else and you're bumping up against another comfort mm -hmm. zone. The mm -hmm. purpose of our life is to grow. And if you're expanding and growing, you're going to have growing pains. It's like, I'm always likening it to, you know, it's like you're giving birth to a new part of yourself, right? So let's use birth as a metaphor. I've never had the privilege of having a child, but I understand word on the street is it's not the most comfortable experience <laughs> on the planet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's quite There's a bit of pain that goes with that one. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little 
little, just a touch. So, you know, just as a mother or like, you know, in the womb, the baby has a gestation period in the womb. Our dreams have a period where they need to grow and, and develop within us. And then as you're giving birth to yourself, it can be painful. You're a, a one aspect of you sometimes is dying or often for a new place to be born. So that misconception that it shouldn't be uncomfortable, it shouldn't be fearful, it shouldn't be painful is what normally stops people from actually moving forward. So, so yeah, that's why I'm so passionate about talking about because I'm like, there exists and it's okay. But yeah. so just like so much beyond it. Well, and, and this is it, isn't it? Because I think we have a choice. Don't we? we can stay comfortable and we can stay small or we can shine our light bigger. And I think that I, what you're saying is so in resonance with what's happening for me at the moment. Like, it's crazy. Like, I've never known my stuff come up quite so much as it's been coming up in the last however long, you know. Like, and I think you're right. It's because you've got to shine a light on it so you can move through it and expand into a bigger version of yourself or higher version of yourself. That's what I'm telling myself. Oh, 100%. And the thing is, like, I, I mean, that's what I work with clients all the time. And they'll, like, they'll say stuff like that to me. They'll be like, oh, my God, Ashley, all this stuff is coming up. And things are, like, you know, I said to put on this path. And what will happen is you'll have beginner's luck. And then all of a sudden, like, crap will hit the fan. And you'll be like, what the heck is going on? And I'm, like, get really excited. Because on the other side of this, it's so much amazing stuff. And what's happening to you is your subconscious mind is crying out saying, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Because those are the voices that have been holding you back for years. And the minute you demystify it and bump, bump past it, you're just going to even, it just becomes more and more expansive, right? You're just stretching that, that comfort zone. But yeah, it's, I mean, stretching your comfort zone is uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I would, I would love for the women listening, uh, like to comment on this because you know my personal experience. So this is, it's really funny like, talking to you now. Obviously, they say that God gives you whatever you need when you need it, but talking to you now is like that is exactly what is going on for me. You know, like literally. Yeah. So I would love to hear people's experience, like who's listening to this or who maybe is feeling challenged at the moment. You know, what is it that you're bound, what boundaries are you stretching? But I think the good thing about this is that we can, like I said, take Ashley's practice. So do put down the, the negative beliefs, start to become more aware of them. And then I love the idea of burning because I think that is so, I love the idea of sort of symbolism and, you know, stepping into our greatness or letting go of whatever it is that is holding us back. And like you said, there's a bigger version of us on the other side. Yeah, 100%. And one thing I'd love to actually gift to you guys. So this is something that was birthed of me stretching my comfort zone. Actually, uh, back in September, I was stretching my comfort zone because I was had decided I was just going to start working with women exclusively. I was launching my first Fear to Fierce program, and I was just listening to spirit. But I had no idea how I was going to do it. I had no idea what was going to happen, and, and I was so scared. And I'm like, oh my god, Ashley, like you're the, you're always teaching people this, and now you really need to practice what you preach, you know? And I was like, oh my god, this is so crazy, like. I'm not exempt from this just because I speak about it, just because I know, but it doesn't mean when I'm stretching my comfort zone, I'm not experiencing the exact same thing. I just have the tools and I've done it enough times that, you know, it becomes easier and easier. And that's the good news. The, the bad news is that you're, there's always going to be a certain amount of fear and pain in expansion. The great news is, is that it gets easier and easier. And then you'll actually start reframing the way you even see that pain or fear. And it actually becomes almost exciting because you're mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is like, it's actually an indication that something really great is going to happen. And so you, your relationship to fear and pain changes. So one thing that was birthed from this, and I'm really excited about this. So it's called gratitude walking. I don't know if you've seen me post on, on social media. Gratitude walking. Yeah. So I started this practice because I love my gratitude journaling. And, but, in the, well, no, and I still do my gratitude journaling every morning. 
but I was going through so much resistance. I felt like I needed to embody the gratitude, right? And I know that Tony Robbins talks a lot about using your physiology to shift your emotional state. And I speak a lot about that with my clients as well. It's like, what are you doing with your body? How are you actually using your body to shift your emotional state? How can you actually use your body to support you in moving away from that pain and fear and moving yourself into that power, that fierce power? So I decided that I was going to go for gratitude walks where I like power walked. And with every step I take, I just found something more to be grateful for. So whatever I was creating in my life, I'd have a thought. And even in those days where I felt totally defeated and I'm like, oh, what's happening? You know, you're like, things are, are going seemingly wrong. Nothing is ever going wrong. Nothing is ever going against you. Actually, everything's happening for you if you can see it in the right way. So I'd just go for these walks and I'd always the same playlist. So really upbeat music that made me feel very empowered and inspired because what I started doing was I'd go for these 20 minute gratitude walks every morning, listening to this music, using my body. And then if something happened throughout the day that made me feel a little, that bounced me off of alignment that brought me into fear or pain or, you know, brought up those voices in my head, I'd play the playlist and I was instantaneously reminded and brought back oh, into space. Nice. You anchored it. Yeah. So, and it really works. And it's funny, I started posting about it on social media and I've got people gratitude walking now in Turkey, in Sweden, in, in London, in Australia, in Canada, and I'm going to start doing group gratitude walks. Wonderful. Yeah. I love the idea of them listening to the same playlist and anchoring it in because like it's so how music's so powerful. Like as soon as you go back there, it will take you back to that gratitude state, won't it? Yeah. And it's like moving the energy, right? Because so often when we get stuck in the fear we go over and over it in our minds and then we literally physically feel trapped you know we just feel have this feeling of being trapped so when you actually get outside and walk and get out in the nature and get out and connect with other people it just shifts that energy long enough for you to move into another state of being wonderful and for those of you who want to know more about ashley's um, work and walks <laughs> uh, we will have all her details in the show notes so you will definitely be able to connect with her there Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Really enjoyed, yeah, really enjoyed our conversation. Um, and as I said, uh, all of Ashley's details will be in the show notes so you can connect with her. Please share with us, you know, your journey and please share with us your thoughts uh, and how this interview has impacted you and what positive and inspiring things you've got from this. But Ashley, thank you once again for joining us on Kitty Talks. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website. Become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group. Exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.